Okay, we're back with Spotlight on Natural Resources, and we have, of course, with us John Church from the University of Illinois Extension. Welcome, John. Oh, thank you, Bill. Um, our topic today is composting, and with uh, all of the conversation that's going on these days with uh, homegrown vegetables and uh, homegrown uh, flower gardens, uh, one of the big central topics really is um, home composting. So we're going to talk about that today. What is compost, John? Well, composting is, is nothing new. In fact, it's, it's nothing that uh, man has created. Composting is something that Mother Nature has done for forever. But what uh, we've figured out is that we can somewhat uh, compartmentalize some of that composting effort and uh, get some value out of the material that, that is left. So basically, we're taking natural materials and uh, we're putting it through a, a process so that the material turns out to be a usable product that uh, rather than having uh, rough leaves or rough grass and so on, you let it compost together and end up with a, a soil-like uh, amendment uh, that can help your organic matter of your soil. So that that's the big reason for doing it besides getting rid of the waste is that uh, you manage to um, improve the soil in some way? What In what way does it improve the soil? There's, there's really two reasons we do it. One is, like you mentioned, to uh, reduce uh, our uh, waste stream to a certain extent because some of the products going into the, the compost uh, container are products that might otherwise go into a, a landfill. Uh, so instead of doing that, uh, they now can be composted and, and reused. And secondly, uh, as you mentioned, the second purpose is to uh, get a product that has benefit back to our soils. And in particular, when we're talking about composting, it's quite often home composting. So it would be soils like for your garden soil, whether it's a vegetable garden or flower garden or whatever. But primarily, it adds organic matter. And organic matter is critical in our soils for uh, water retention, also for just the, the soil tilth for plant root development, uh, that sort of thing. It's, it's maybe not as high in terms of nutrient content as commercial fertilizer, but there's also potential nutrient benefit too. You, you used a word there that I, I'm not sure everybody's going to know, tilth? Ah, tilth? Good point, good point. You know, especially in some of our uh, newer suburban type of lawn situations, people go out in the backyard and decide to make a garden. And when they go out to do that, they start to dig and they find kind of a hard, compacted type of soil condition. And they're usually not too happy with that. So it's not very workable. So the more organic matter that we can put back into that soil, uh, the easier it is to work and the easier that water and air and nutrients have uh, in terms of going through the soil. And that's basically what soil tilth is. How easy is it to go out and, and work in it? And besides that, probably how easily can the roots pass through it and pick up those nutrients, I suppose. That's, that's correct, right. It creates a much easier path for the, the roots to uh, try to move throughout that soil profile. So it sounds like uh, composting is a good thing, and it, it has a lot of advantages. How do I start doing it? Well, the reason we're talking about it today is because this is the time of year that's a great time to start because the materials that you need are uh, readily available. And uh, when we get into the fall time of the year, um, we have grass clippings because we're still mowing the lawn. And secondly, we often then will start to uh, see some leaves and we'll start to see some dry material from the vegetable garden or the flower garden and so on. And what we need to start a compost is uh, nitrogen-containing materials like the grass that are kind of what we call green products. Or uh, we also need uh, brown products, which are the uh, type of things like leaves and uh, the dry 
dried materials from uh, other plant material. What the nitrogen uh, is a green product and carbon is in the brown product and we have to have certain carbon to nitrogen ratios to get good fermentation in the compost. And all that gets way Ra- too complicated. Ratios? Oh right. dear, I, and, I thought we were just going to, you know put things in a pile, John. Uh, And for most homeowners, that's a good point. For most homeowners, uh, you can do a lot of studying about compost and worry about uh, compost uh, carbon to nitrogen ratios and so on. But in reality, if you have roughly a one-to-one ratio, about one part green to one part brown, you're going to have a a pretty good composting uh, material for most homeowners. Now, also it's important that we add uh, quite often a little bit of uh, maybe extra nitrogen fertilizer and maybe a little bit of uh, uh, soil throughout the compost to make sure the activity is as uh, working as as much as it should but if you do your composting in a container where it has access basically you're putting the material on the soil on the ground usually that's enough access to our soil microbes to to make it work but uh, there are recommendations where you layer the material throughout the compost container and part of that uh, layering could include some soil in addition to what's on the ground. So talk to me about containers. I've seen big containers that they look kind of like rain barrels, some of them, that you roll around, and sometimes you've got frames, and I've seen people that just have kind of an open, um, uh, almost fenced area where it's all stacked. What's the right way? Well, there is no right or wrong way, and actually you don't even have to have a container. But if you want the most efficient composting, and some people are more concerned about that than others, uh, but if you want the most efficient, a container that's about the size of a cubic yard will be um, probably as efficient as anything in terms of keeping the heat in it, being able to keep moisture well distributed and so on throughout it. And that cubic yard container could be, as you mentioned, like a a plastic rain barrel type of looking container, or it could be just some screen and boards that have been put together to hold it. Um, But we need to remember that uh, you don't have to have a commercial container. You can make these containers at home. You can simply compost in a pile. Uh, so containers, uh, even though they uh, have some ability to enhance the composting, uh, they're not certainly not something that you have to go out and spend a lot of money to have. And uh, when it comes down to it, you really don't have to have a container at all. So three feet by three feet by three feet, cubic yard. Right. right. And, and then the other thing you mentioned in there was um, heat. There's heat involved or it, it builds up heat. Why is that important? Well, ideally, when we're composting, and uh, you'll sometimes hear the term hot composting, and that basically is composting. And uh, when we're talking about composting, it can generate, if it's working quite well, it can generate uh, temperatures up around 150, 160 degrees Fahrenheit. And uh, basically what's happening, that's the microbes that are working uh, in the fermentation process to break down the materials in the compost. Um, So when uh, we're talking about uh, containing the heat, the hotter the material in terms of getting up to the 150 degrees, uh, the more efficient uh, that it's it's working. So does that help in breaking down weed seeds or something like that or um, it, it, should we worry about um, not, not that my garden has a lot of weeds in it John perish the thought but let's just say that uh, there were a lot of weeds should I worry about putting the weeds in my in, in my compost well it's like a lot of things it depends it depends when you put the weed material in. If you put the weed material in after the seeds have been set on the weeds, um, then we have some concern. 
Uh, but if it's just green material that you have done a good job of weeding the garden uh, early, uh, then that green material can uh, add to a nitrogen source. But uh, we typically recommend don't add materials that would carry foreign seeds, uh, especially if they're mature type of seeds. Uh, but even some of the weeds that are starting to set green seeds, uh, it's best to try to avoid putting those seeds in there. The other question comes up along that line is the use of uh, plant material that has diseases on it. And uh, there's no guarantee that the heat in the compost will kill either the weed seed or the plant diseases. So if you can avoid those types of materials, that's fine. Um, but it's like a lot of things. Use some common sense. If you just have a few leaves that uh, have a, a few little spots of disease on it, that's probably not going to cause too much trouble. But if your whole uh, compost is based on material that's diseased, then that, that may be an issue. What about... Um materials from the kitchen, like uh, carrot tops and that sort of thing. Can I put that into? Sure. There's actually two ways that we recommend that people compost their kitchen scraps. Now, we need to be clear before we uh, go any further that when we're talking about kitchen scraps, we're talking about the types of things that you just mentioned, the vegetable type of scraps. Uh, we do not recommend any bones or any meat scraps or anything that uh, has a high oil or butter content, those types of things, because those can attract rodents and insects and so on. So we do not recommend those. But when it comes to other types of kitchen scraps, you know, the, the things, as you mentioned, the, the vegetable type of scraps, uh, those can be put into the compost container directly, uh, or uh, some people uh, actually uh, create a smaller compost situation uh, near their kitchen and uh, actually have a smaller compost container just for that. Or there's a third option, which some people uh, do, and that's to have what's called worm composting. And basically you have a bin in your house, uh, usually uh, it's in the house, um, and uh, the worms uh, will feed on those materials and generate compost and in a little bit different mechanism. That's different than what we're talking about in terms of general composting. But when it comes to kitchen scraps, you can, you can use them in, in a few different ways. Are there regulations that we need to worry about as we do this uh, composting? We always recommend that people uh, check with their local authorities, whether it's their county health department or their village or their city or their county, whoever governs uh, health and uh, zoning types of ordinances, because there are some communities that do regulate when and where individuals can do composting. Um, I don't think, to be honest with you, that most of those regulations have much merit uh, because in most cases composting is a very simple operation. Uh, there's no reason that it has to have odor or pests associated with it. Uh, it can be uh, fine in terms of aesthetically speaking. So really, I think as long as it's done properly, there shouldn't be any problem. But there are some ordinances on the books in some localities, so it doesn't hurt to check. So there are things that can go wrong. What are some of the warning signs? Well, the main thing that uh, people would notice if things are going wrong is an odor. And, of course, people aren't going to like that if there's an odor. And the interesting thing is it's, it's quite easy to correct, and that's just by adding more air to the pile. We'll take care of the odor, and that's a fairly simple operation by turning the pile. And uh, when we talk about turning the pile, that, that simply means taking a, a, a spade or a fork or something and uh, moving the materials around, mixing them up, and getting air movement back through those materials. 
I knew that there was a downside here, John. You you started talking about pitchforks and and all that extra effort there. So. There is some work involved. It's it's minimal, but there is some work. And I probably shouldn't say it because it could lead people to have some problems. But you know, sometimes uh, in just a, a backyard pile type situation, sometimes turning isn't even necessary. You have to monitor your pile. Right. And uh, if it's working fast enough for what uh, your purposes are and there's no odor, uh, you know, that's just letting nature take its course. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Um, If we have more questions or need more information, where can we go to get that? Well, certainly people can contact their local extension office, uh, whether it's uh, in Illinois at the U of I extension offices or any state extension uh, system. Uh, Most of those county offices will have composting information. And then also there are a lot of uh, city and county uh, waste management programs uh, that are locally based, and uh, a number of those have excellent composting information. And then, of course, the uh, University of Illinois Extension uh, uh, website has some excellent compost information. Very good. And do we know what our next topic is going to be next month? Well, I think maybe what we'll talk about is a little bit about firewood, ah. because it's getting to that time of year where people are thinking about accumulating firewood for the winter, and uh, so we'll probably do a little bit of uh, discussion about firewood. Sounds good. Thank you, John. Thank you, Bill.